Let's welcome everybody in to our national hour on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour, Real Kipper and Bourne, brought to you by Bet365. How many games we have on tap tonight? Eight. Eight? Yes. Eight, including a few Canadian matchups. Colorado at Ottawa. Arizona at Calgary. But we'll focus a little bit on the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Edmonton Oilers out of the gate. You mentioned something to me in our last break about Elias Pettersson. What was that that you were saying? Uh, just that the GM there, Patrick Alvin, had yeah. mentioned that he finds it a little unusual that they aren't negotiating and don't want to talk till postseason. That makes you a little nervous for old Vancouver and Pettersson. You think he? I mean, he's an RFA, so they control his rights. But I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he needs more time to. Uh, the big thing was, can I win here? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Forty-one games enough to see where this program's. Heading. Winning more than any other team in the league seems good. Yep. All right. We'll talk about that. Uh, your Islanders are at Winnipeg as well. So uh, Struggles. A lot of games tonight, but we'll focus on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, let's bring in Rob Brown, former NHL forward. Currently works as an analyst with Ched Brownie. How are you, pal? I'm doing well, Kipper. It's been a long, long time. Yeah, it has, buddy. And uh, I told these guys we're kind of cut from the same era. If I recall, uh, the first time I got to watch you was in Calgary when the Max tournament. Am I correct in saying that? Or did you lose the final? No, because I, I didn't play Mitch. I went right from Bantam. I guess it's 215 now. went from there right to Kamloops. First time I met you, though, was at a Memorial Cup. Uh, I think it was in on Oshawa, and we were both up for awards. So we met each other there. I think yeah. it was a plus-minus award yeah. for you. And then we also played together. We played golf at an NHLPA meetings in Whistler. We came in second place, our team. The first team won trips anywhere in the world. Oh. Second place won. Yep, second place won a Roots uh, gym bag. Awesome. Second place. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I had you in that Max tournament, but that was, uh, God, that was such a long time ago. Uh, but thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, uh, again, here I am, 57 years old, and I'm learning something new every day. And not to rehash this whole thing, but I just found out today through jb that this th- this thing called down goes brown oh, is, yeah. is based on 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 i don't know a fight with that you had at maple leaf gardens um i don't i mean i'm not asking you to go through the whole thing well, no, but... I, I remember it well uh it was it was a saturday night maple leaf and gardens hockey night in canada uh there was a big uh kerfuffle in front of the bench and everyone was kind of grabbing people. And Pat Burns was the coach of the Leafs. And he kept screaming, grab Brown, grab Brown. <laughs> and Savannah Fave, Savannah Fave called me out and he skated kind of to center. And I'm like, okay, seriously, there's nobody out here my size. <laughs> so I fought him. And it was going well, it seemed like. I mean, he got 18 to 20 lucky shots in, <laughs> knocked me out. And then I had to go in the dressing room afterwards. And while I'm in the dressing room, I'm watching the little TV that you used to have at Maple Leaf Gardens. And I'm watching the fight over. Michelle Goulet wasn't dressed that night. I go, Google, it looks like he got me on the, the chin. 
He goes, well, that's where the blood's coming from, so probably <laughs> yes. And now you're so, yeah, what? So you're... Down Goes Brown was a favorite favorite catchphrase for okay, a long, long like, time. All my buddies love that one. Like You're 5'11 against mm-hmm. Lefebvre, who's like 6'3 and weighs 50, 60 more pounds than you. Was this, <laughs> was this your mouth? Writing checks that your body can't cash. <laughs> uh, yeah, it finally caught up to me. Uh, there's many, many times that I was able to escape those, but this one caught up to me, and uh, I paid a price. So well, I laid out on the ice for a little bit. My father said I was down for half an hour. I think it was just a few seconds. They always exaggerate those dads. Well, Brownie, I haven't seen you since the Hockey Greats Fantasy Camp in Kelowna, BC many years ago. So happy to see your, uh, your face again. Thanks for joining us today. And I, I feel bad that we led with that story. So I want to ask about scoring 49 goals and 115 points in the NHL and how a season like that comes to bees, everything just fall in place for you? We've been talking about Zach Hyman's year. It feels like one of those for you. Well, it did. Everything did fall into place, except the, the one problem that year is I, I tried being physical, and I threw a body check and hit Joe Neuendyke, and he didn't move, but my shoulder did. So I separated his shoulder and missed about oh, 12 games that year. So Oh, yeah, you only played 68 goals. that year. Yeah, I needed two goals in the last game of the season. I scored uh, a goal in the second period. I needed one. I hit a post in the third. Then the game went into overtime. And the game, it was the last game of the year, meant nothing to Pittsburgh, who I was playing for. But the Philadelphia Flyers, if they won, they could move up. So the Flyers pulled their goalie in overtime <laughs> in the offensive zone. And I was on the ice. And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to score 50. Mario's going to go through the whole team and give me an open net. And the coach, Gino Briaco called me off the ice, oh. put a different centerman on the ice. Oh, and no. even Mario said to the bench, he's got 49 coaches. Nope, team game. So I sat on the bench and watched Mario go through the whole team oh. and then score into an empty net. So that close, <laughs> that close. You're a 50-goal scorer in my yeah, books, man. I, I got you as 50. <laughs> I introduced you as a 50-goal scorer. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, can, can you imagine now a, – a, a year like that going into a contract uh, situation in 2024 right now might have made you a few bucks well and it was my not my contract year so i wouldn't have to be doing podcasts and working <laughs> for a radio station i i would have uh, my wife and i would be on vacation now yeah no it would have been a little bit different well when i signed my big contract i out of that year i signed for Four hundred thousand, no, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. That was the contract I got after scoring forty-nine goals. Well, we appreciate your uh, your time today to talk a little bit about uh, the Oilers. And uh, uh, before we maybe go into some details on uh, on on the game tonight against the Leafs, just your overall assessment of what's transpired since the start—that horrific start to where they are today? Is it strictly a coaching change in your eyes? How do you assess this uh, from the poorhouse to the uh, the penthouse? Um, I, I think that the Oilers themselves put too much pressure on themselves. It was cup or bust. And they talked about coming in early for captain skates. And this is the year for us. And everyone was excited. And then the first game they got stomped on 8-1 by the Vancouver Canucks, and I think it was just uh, a, a kick to the stomach they weren't expecting. I think it took them a lot longer to recover from. I think that they started reading their own headlines and feeling that they were that good. They were were going to be able to run through the regular season. They finished 18-2 and two 
last year in regular season. And I think the co- it cost the coaches two jobs. It cost Jack Campbell his job. But I think after that, the players, I don't, didn't matter if it was the same coach or a new coach. I think the players at that point realized how we were successful last year. And they've got back to playing that. Right now, they're playing as good as any team in the NHL. It'll be, it's, it'll be a tough test for the Toronto Maple Leafs today. So the, you know, one of the things that has changed too is they start getting some saves from Stu Skinner. Um, you know, is that just like a, a mindset, a confidence thing? It starts to go right and you start to feel better about it? Like, it's not like he could have made some major tactical change or anything, right? I, well, I think the, the Oilers team was so bad in front of Skinner yeah. that every, every chance that the opposition was getting was a great A scoring chance. It was breakaway, two-on-one, backdoor, empty net. And all of a sudden, the confidence starts to lag. Uh, the Oilers start playing better hockey. They stopped giving up the great A chances. Players like Bouchard and Nurse simplified their games. And now you're seeing them excel because they're playing a simple game, yet the offense is still there. So Skinner has gained confidence. The team is very confident in front of them. The Oilers play with swagger now, and you'll see that in tonight's game. This is a team with swagger, and their goaltending, Stuart Skinner, uh, this is as good as I've seen him play. Um, they don't give up a lot of odd man breaks and anytime they've needed a big save over the last 20 some games, Stuart Skinner's given it to them. Brownie, is this, uh, is this Paul coffee letting these guys know that it's, it's okay to make a mistake, just, you know, limit your, your gambles or your, your, your chances that you're taking here because it has been night and day uh, for both Bouchard and Darnell nurse. Yeah, I think they've got a, they got a defensive coach that plays like they play that is an offensive guy who understood when to jump in and when not to. And I think when a hall of famer talks, it's very easy for those players to listen. And you're right. It's uh, the nurse that you're seeing now is the best nurses played in all the, I've been here for, this is my 18th season. So I've been here for all of nurses seasons. Bouchard is just simplified his game. So I, I, it was funny when they made the coaching change, no one was really upset or, or, or question Knobloch coming in. There was a lot of chatter about Paul Coffey going behind the bench yeah. here in Edmonton. Yeah. A lot of questions. And every player interview they've talked, they've talked glowingly about the relationship they have with Paul Coffey. Yeah, I, you know, it obviously is, um, you know, he's been a big part in that turnaround. And I mentioned Skinner starting to play better. I, I want to ask you about Connor McDavid's season. You know, in the, I think he had 150 points last year or something. Right now he's 15 points behind the NHL's point leader, um, which is unusual for a guy that, you know, we all kind of universally agree is the best player on the planet. Has he, is it was just a slow start? Is that why his numbers are kind of behind where we would expect for him? Uh, he was he was just as bad as the rest of the players. They yeah. were all bad. I mean, yeah. it was it was there, <laughs> really there wasn't ugly. one player that could say, "I'm doing my job." The rest of you get better. Everybody was bad. Yeah. I think at one point we had Connor at 196 in the National Hockey League in scoring. Yeah. Like that's how far behind he was. Uh, he he battled some injuries. They never really said what it was, but he didn't have the explosiveness. And when you looked at the body expressions and the facial expressions of these players during the stretch at the beginning of the year, they all lacked confidence. They were all at a loss is why it had gone sideways. Uh, you will see that tonight they, their body language is much better now. And Connor McDavid is playing as good as he's played. Yeah, it's, I think he's got, I don't know, he's averaging two points a game over the last 20-some games. And that's only because they've run into some hot goaltending. 
It could mm-hmm. be a lot worse. They do not when they're in the offensive zone, they stay in the offensive zone until the goalie makes the saves and freezes it or until they score. The opposition cannot get the puck out. That line has been incredible. And Connor Mc, uh, Zach Hyman has benefited playing with Connor McDavid. There's no doubt about that. But Connor McDavid has benefited from, from playing with Zach Hyman. He's finishing, he's keeping plays alive. Uh, they are a fun line to watch. So yeah, so Connor McDavid is now playing like Connor McDavid was supposed to play all season long. Our producer Sammy, who's loved Zach Hyman as a Leaf, is now um, in winced. the feed, in the fetal position, <laughs> in the corner of the that studio. Hurt. That hurt to hear. Really, really hurt. Um, as as well as they're going, Brownie, there's no one that believes that this is going to be pretty much the the team that takes a run at the Stanley Cup here. So. What is it they need? Do they need a, a top six winger? Do they need more help on the bottom, another D? We certainly hope it. they're looking for a backup goalie. Yeah, I, I think all of the above. I think Calvin Pickard has played well. He has given them solid starts when he's in there. He's, I think he's 5-2 and two on the season. That's pretty good for a third-string goaltender that wasn't supposed to be here. I'm not sure that they are fully confident if Skinner goes down that Pickard can win them a Stanley Cup. So I think they will look for someone to help Skinner. On the back end, the, the Oilers have been incredibly lucky the last two years with health. I, right now, Broberg is their guy in the minors, but after that, there's really no depth. So they need some depth defensemen that are going to come in because we all know that in, in the playoffs, you go through defensemen, and the Oilers right now have been very fortunate. So eventually, the injury buck is going to hit. So they're going to need some depth defensemen. And I think they would love some. Right now, they got Warren Fogle playing in the top six, and I love Warren Fogle. But he's if he can play in your third line, you are a much better hockey club. Mm-hmm. So I think they would love to find someone to fill a spot on the on the line with Leon Drysaddle. And they need to get Evander Kane going. He has not played very well for the last 15 to 18 games. He is a playoff type performer, so they need to get him going in the right direction. But uh, this is not a finished product, but it's a product right now that has Connor. Leon, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Kane, Nurse, Bouchard, Ekholm. It is a pretty good group yeah. that I think they just need to put some, you know, fluff around the outside to to pretty them up for the playoffs. Well, what are your thoughts? I want to ask you about Kane there because, you know, he's played, I think the first two months of the year, he averaged 18 and a half minutes. Then it was like 16 and a half in December. He's at 15, 20 in the month of January. You know, this guy's making a good amount of money. He scored 30 goals in the league numerous times. You know, what's going on here with Kane kind of seeing a diminished role as the team is having success? Well, one problem, and this is a problem for players, offensive players that come to Edmonton, there's only one power play unit. Right. They don't have a second unit. And (laughs) it used to be last year under Woodcroft that Hyman and Kane would flip-flop, depending on who was out there. And then after a minute, those two would change. Under um, Knobloch, they don't do that. Hyman plays the entire time. So now Kane's getting no minutes as a, as a power play guy, really, unless there's 30 seconds really? left cleanup time. He doesn't kill penalties. Under, under Woodcroft, he killed penalties. He doesn't do that anymore either. So there's two, two things that are taking away ice time. And then he, he struggled. He wasn't, he wasn't playing very well. So when he wasn't playing very well, sorry, my cat just knocked me. So when he wasn't playing very well, he lost ice time that way too. So uh, he's been moved to the third line. Now he'll play second line tonight. Uh, and on the second line, he'll get more ice time with Leon. But they do need to go get him going. The problem with Evander is his interest in the games seem to have been 
based on his ice time and who he's played with. Ah. So when he's when he's played with uh, Leon, the excitement levels there, the physicality's there, and there is swagger. When he's played on the third line, uh, that's when there's been comments after games about, you know, I, I did pretty good considering how much ice time I had. Uh, there was a game in New York where he scored a goal. There wasn't a celebration. So they need him engaged as a, as a player because he is a he was built and brought in for playoff hockey. So they need him playing better so that when they get into the playoffs, they know they got the Evander Kane that they need, and that's being a bull on the ice. I expect him to have a big game tonight because he's playing with Leon. One guy that uh, has fit in nicely from the moment he got traded was uh, Ekholm, and I'm, I'm listening to uh, a, an interview, I think, uh, the other night where he's like, first thing out of his mouth is, I don't like our game. And it's like, man, that's a leader. That is a guy that's mm-hmm. taking charge and not afraid to say, I think it's plus minus since he's been there, something like ridiculous, like 45 or f- not quite my plus minus brownie <laughs> that won me the award, but really, really good. And uh, man, he's just, he's been so good for them. Well, it, when they brought Hyman in, they brought Hyman in because Hyman does all the little things proper way every game. You, 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 there's no drop off in his game. And Ekholm's the same type of person, same type of player. He does all the little things right. He doesn't cut corners. He doesn't cheat. Uh, you don't see him giving up an odd man break against because he knows uh, the proper way to play the game. And what I've loved about him, he's been a leader since he got here. He, right when he first uh, got traded here, my family can't wait to get here. We're going to live here in the summer. We can't wait to get to Evan. Right there, he endeared himself to the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Bouchard was floundering. When they made the trade, they put him with Ekholm. Ekholm calmed him down. And now all of a sudden there was an anchor. Bouchard could play his game because he knew he had this safety net of Ekholm behind him. And what I loved about Ekholm, what you just talked about with a game a little while ago, is they won that game. That was a game that they won. And after the game, he came, you know what? That's That, that effort was not good enough. We're not going to be good enough if we play good teams. So uh, Ekholm came as advertised. The uh, big reason the Oilers went on their run at the end of last year is they got Ekholm. In their top four, he took some of the hard minutes away from Darnell Nurse, and he just he plays the game the proper way. And when your leaders play the game the proper way, it's really hard for anyone else in your lineup to not do that. So I think that's on the back end with Nurse and Ekholm, that's two solid defensemen on the left side that they're going to have out on the ice for 45 minutes a night. So this step that Bouchard has taken, I understand a lot of it is with Ekholm, like. How elite is this guy? He's got 40 points in 39 games, 10 goals. We're halfway through the season. Like, we're talking about a, you know, a Paul Coffey-esque kind of point getter. I understand Coffey was next level, but, you know, this guy is one of the NHL's best, it looks like, this season. Uh, Offensively, yes. Uh, There's still warts in his game defensively, uh, but they're getting better. He he plays smarter now. Um, when he's got the puck on his stick, he makes good plays. And you'll see when they play tonight, he's on the ice all the time with the McDavid line. Uh, he moves the puck well. His shot is so heavy. And and it, it and in all honesty, a, a, a penalty killer, there's a little hesitation when they come out because it's such a heavy shot. But what's amazing about Bouchard is he's got a heavy shot that seems to find its way through all the time. Yeah, It doesn't get blocked at the blue line. So he has, uh, he's got top-end offensive skill. There's still work to be done defensively, but it is getting better. But the thing with playing for Paul Coffey on the back end, Coffey has told him, play your game, make plays, jump up, do all the little things that way, and that will let the rest of the stuff take care of itself. So Bouchard, again, is playing as good as he's been. 
since since he's been here. He's been a plus player. Uh, he had a was it about a 14 or 15 point or a game point scoring streak earlier this year. Uh, the power play is it, it's more dangerous because of him because he's got the ability to score from the point even when the goalie sees it. His shot is that heavy that he can beat goalies one on one from a shot from the point. And the Leafs are what. 24th or 25th with penalty killing? Oh, yeah. I heard is you know, this, Brownie's is, talking about Brownie, that, how they don't is think. It, is there a chance this could get ugly for the Leafs? Just tell us now, please. <laughs> well, no, the thing that's a little scary right now for any team that plays against uh, the, the Oilers, McDavid is playing fantastic right now, yet they've had, they haven't had they have had a lot of puck luck. And he's due for a five- or six-point game. Now, I don't know if it's against Toronto or it's going to be against Seattle. He's going to have one. Yeah. He's that good, and the things are going to find, find that back of that eventually. The Oilers are pumped for this game. There was a time that the Oilers were going to games, and I'd be sitting there, okay, who are they going to play against Connor? Who are they going to play against Leon? There'd be some games you're like, okay, this one might be a toss-up. Every time the Oilers play now, I believe the Oilers only have to worry about themselves. They're playing that well right now. There's not a team out there that I think, ooh, the Oilers aren't going to be able to beat them. So the, the, the Oilers are good, although this is going to be a good test. It'll test their defense. Uh, with Marner and Matthews and Nylander. I'm a huge, I, I love watching the highlights. I'm a huge Nylander fan. I think that kid is fantastic. Yeah. I think that's a great signing by by the Toronto Maple Leafs. But the the part that I'm just listening to Toronto media, the part that has been the hard, the, the Achilles heel of the Maple Leafs has been their back end. Well, that's what the Edmonton Oilers take apart. They are incredible on the forecheck. They keep plays alive. The Toronto Maple Leafs back end is going to be tested tonight. Looking forward to it. Sammy is having more tears. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brownie, this is great stuff. You know you and your cat are welcome on our show anytime, eh? <laughs> Thanks, Brownie. Sounds good, guys. Pleasure. Former National Hockey Leaguer. 50 goal score. 50 goals are 68 really games. He scored 49 close. times. He's playing with Lemieux that year, as I think. As close as you can get. That, so, that's a tough story. That is tough. Yeah, that hurts. How about, uh, so he's talking about Bouchard and his shot. So NHL.com slash edge, their data. They have guys, uh, how many times per year that you've got your shot over 90 miles an hour? Um, you know, third in the league, Philip Peronik, 33 times. Hedman's done it 38 times, 90-plus miles an hour. Uh, Bouchard, first in the NHL, 66 times. He's yeah. fired a bomb yeah, over he's, 90. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Six, that is such a six. <laughs> that is every game You watch twice. it, and it's like we had in my day Al McInnes. Like, yeah. that was just sick, sick. to watch him shoot Using the puck. Using a piece of rebar for I mean, he's as closest to, to that in the league right now. Yeah. No, he does. I mean, he just absolutely cooks it consistently. So, you know, are we doing hard a shot? At the, are we doing hard a shot at the All Star game? I assume, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's in there. Oh yeah. Uh, Brown was talking about how when that McDavid line gets going, he's like the thing that's going to stop them on offense is the goalie's going to make a save and there's and a whistle or they score. You know, like and that for the Leafs, they have had trouble ending. You know, st- snuffing out offense. So yeah, it, the work is cut out for him. Welcome all back, stuff, Mark Giordano. All the stuff he talked about. It's like when there's a football team that everyone, you know, it's like, well, they got a great passing game and the other team's cornerbacks are no good. Yeah. It's like, it just feels it like it's a the bad to score matchup down, tonight, yeah. the Leafs. You know, the Oilers could come in as they are as a 10-game winning streak or they could come in with losing three in a row and they'd look exactly the same because it's that Toronto Maple Leaf. It's like, okay, we're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. If, we, if 
th- there's no better time now to spread the word or one up on that market, the writers, the, everybody's paying more attention because of the attention that the Leafs get. Yeah. Like I've played out West as a Toronto Maple Leaf, right? And there's a, a ton of support in the stands. You're going to get a lot of Leaf fans, but as far as the opposition on the ice, they dig down so oh, deep it. to beat the Leafs. And right now, despite a 10, doesn't matter. They want to beat the Leafs tonight. Yeah. It's not just any game. Well, there's a the Leafs need the Leafs. this one too. Hey. There you go. I was just going to reference that clip. Derek read my mind, but it was. What he said? I don't know what year it was when they the Jets beat oh, the yeah. Leafs. Is there anything better than beating the Leafs? Like, sorry, everybody. Like, Leafs matter the most. People care the most about the Leafs. <laughs> it's true. They hate us because they what ain't other, us. What other team in the NHL would have guys going into a locker room and saying, is there anything better than beating the Leafs? Nothing. Yeah, it's because yeah. of they, they, volume. Yeah. Idiots like us. But they it's have the volume. Hell yeah. It's most fans, yeah, it's just, most but, popular but it's, team. Yeah. It's, it's just where it is. You know, jam it down your throat right. moment for them. It is what it is. Right? Take your, you know, all that media attention. Take your millions of dollars you make more than any other team and just shove it. Luke asked. Uh, no one says, huh? is there nothing better than beating the Canucks? No one says that. <laughs> it's the Leafs. Luke asked McDavid about during the bubble when the Leafs went to the, or played Edmonton yeah. three games in a yeah. row and they kept McDavid off the score sheet entirely in three games. And I Justin think Hall scored top, once in three games. Justin Hall, top pairing. Him and Muzzin shut him down. Yeah. Um, that ain't happened. <laughs> that was a moment. For Leaf fans, too. Well, at the moment, you were like, this team could win the cup. And then they're like, uh, no. Montreal beat us. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. Poor John uh, Tavares. Game time? Game time. It's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary. At Bet365, must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. So, uh, as is tradition, uh, if you're watching the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers tonight, and you don't bet on a Zach Hyman goal, you're not doing it right. <laughs> Zach Hyman to score a goal anytime against the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight is plus 115. Minus 4,000. Welcome for the free money. Uh, I'm looking at some other games in the NHL tonight. Um, this one to me is interesting, and I'm not sure why it is. I guess Colorado, maybe it's the last game of this trip, but they're only slight, slight favorites against the Ottawa Senators. Minus, I, you know, I saw the minus. Minus 120. Wow. Against Ottawa. They, they, yeah. give up, they give up three. They dig a huge hole Saturday night. And then they lose the next uh, the next game to the Habs. Yeah. Second half of back to back, I guess. But so, go ahead. Yeah, they're 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 limping a little bit, and the news that they lost a, a top player in Nikushkin to uh, to a substance abuse program mm-hmm. isn't helping now. So, yeah, I see it. To me, though, from a gambling perspective, you're not going to get Colorado. Against a pretty inferior opponent at minus 120, that's right. pretty good value. So, yeah. you know, it's a tough one for them. Uh, and the other ones I was looking at here, uh, Toilet Bowl tonight, San Jose Sharks visiting Chicago. I saw that. I was, who would you even bet? Well, I mean, should the Chicago Blackhawks be minus 150 against any hockey team on earth? No, they shouldn't. Should the, we talk about Dickinson's well, contract? We can talk about that after the break. But uh, plus 125 for the Sharks tonight. I won um, betting against the shark, betting on the sharks against the Habs the other night. Give me the sharks tonight. Plus one twenty five. Hold my nose. Nobody, Da-na. no Da-na. Chicago Blackhawks team should be favored by that. Nope. And the last thing, just looking at the Leafs and Oilers, just as the game. Oilers are huge favorites, as they probably should be. 
plus 140 for the Leafs. You never get that kind of value on the Leafs. You think they're going to galvanize for their head coach and win a big one. It's not bad value. What, are, what can I get for Oilers in regulation? Mm, don't know how to look that up. Okay. Well, but, that uh, will be something I will be pursuing. So minus a goal and a half for the Oilers, though, is plus 145. All right. So there you go. I'm interested to watch uh, Nugent Hopkins tonight because he's not on that huge pace that he had last year at over 100 points, probably around 75, 80 points this year. But when this guy looks like he's really engaged in the game, that to me is a measuring stick because you know what Connor's going to do. You know Zach's going to be the exact same player. But when this guy's going, man, it just shoots the Oilers. I feel like he's a really underrated player. I know he had a huge year I love last this game. year. Me too. And yeah, he's up 38 points. Yeah, he's yeah. on pace for a more normal Ryan Nugent yes. Hopkins year this yeah, year. That's right. Last year was nuts. What do you have? 50 power play points last year? Yeah. Like it was crazy. 100 plus points. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. All right. That was game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. All right. Time to pay some bills. And when we come back, we'll get into some news and notes. Uh, you guys just mentioned Blackhawks signing Jason Dickinson to a big contract money, as money, well. Money, money. We'll tell you why he got such big money. We will. Yeah, yes, we will. <laughs> we will. And Elvis is still making noise in the building of the Columbus Blue Jackets as he had a big shootout win against Vancouver. Uh, and we'll have some fun with some of his <laughs> clips. More Kippers Clippers on the national edition of The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Back after these words. Your daily dose of everything NFL. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the studio. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. Just going to break. We talked about the Chicago Blackhawks dishing out the cash yet again. Jason Dickinson. Now, is he the rep for the All-Star weekend for Chicago? I, I don't know. That is that possibly Bedard's true? Bedard's out. Good player. Sorry, I just watched right? LeFave Brown. I had to watch the fight. After the, I had <laughs> to watch you? it. Yeah. He, he hangs in there till he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah, well, hey. I ended my career on one of those feelings. Well, I was too cowardly to be in them, so credit to you. Uh, Jason Dickinson, do we have him as an all-star Sammy? Where are yeah, you on I'm this? Yeah, I'm looking at it here. I think he's an all-star. Well, he's kind of paid like one a little bit. He just signed a two-year deal at $8.5 million. Uh, what is that? What? What, what is, like, great numbers? What like it, I'm honestly having trouble computing yeah. it. So it's like a salary floor thing. Uh, yes and no. I think I think first of all, no one's dishing one dollar, let alone eight and a half. If you don't like the player or you don't see a lot of upside, Kip, didn't the Canucks have to attach an asset to him to get rid of him? Uh, yeah, and now. Yeah, now like, Dickinson is a second, second rounder, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So what changed here? What was his, what was his last contract off of? 
right? That that's just a salary dump. So what what okay. what was his salary prior to point. agreeing to this one? Um, his cur his salary has been making two point six five. Okay, that's 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 it. So now he goes to uh, four two five. His career high is thirty points. You know, this year he's he's got twenty one and forty three games, which yeah. is which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just it it seems really strange to me unless there's something well, I'm not okay. understanding. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive deeper. Let's go to his age. This 28. is twenty eight. Twenty eight. So now he's in his prime, and yeah. every twenty eight year old, even if you don't play like Willie Nylander, you want term you want security you can get hurt tomorrow Mm -hmm. you could your game could go south you want term chicago doesn't give him term so they give him two years so to get a 28 year old who's a serviceable player in the national hockey league you got to overpay him to just sign a two-year deal and i think that's where you you come up to 4.25 i gotta tell you it makes a ton of sense it's like we're Chicago, and we know we're not a desirable place to play yes. the next two years because we're yeah. going to lose. So you're you, in your prime. You're you, giving up. You can't get these guys to come in at uh, the free agent market because they're all looking for anything north of three or four or five. Nobody yep. gets seven no. anymore. But you, a 28-year-old, soon to be 29, can get four years. And also, if and you're Chicago... Not- He's not you, getting it. No, you want you plan on paying other players in two years to be with Bedard. I'm talking about whether it's yeah. Pedersen. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm just saying, or whether it's Willie Nylander. You know, I know that's mm-hmm. yeah, ship yeah. sailed, but that type of guy. Like you're thinking, we got to bring in the big UFAs, whatever. So, all right, you're going to give Nick Foligno huge money, two years. We're going to give Dickinson yes. the big money, two years. And we're okay with it because we're not a cap team and we're not going there. It's just money for Chicago, for the Leafs, for the bigger markets that can They're not spending sell to the cap, a twenty-five dollar so like, beer. Yeah, they don't care. So give them four and a half. God, but we get to what a coup we, we, for Dickinson and Felino. Okay, where, where was this? <laughs> I had seventeen goals and three hundred penalty minutes. Where was a Chicago Blackhawks to say, "Hey, yeah, come on over." <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, they give you an Apple, Applebee's discount or something. <laughs> Yeah, a ton of money, a ton of money, and 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 an overpayment to sign a short term deal. That's that's how I see it. So we're talking, you know, about him for the All Star game. How do you feel that would play with the players? You know, the league forcing every team to have a representative. Yeah, I can't imagine Blackhawk fans are like, I wasn't gonna t- yeah. tune in, but now that old Dickie's in, I'm in. Yeah. Like, can we not get another elite player? Uh, in the game okay, instead, where what what's the league's objective here? Because once upon a time, when you were an all star, you were an all star. It mattered when I was a kid. It but mattered. it meant it was in contract. It, it was, like it, if I make an all star team, I earn. Yeah, it was supposed to be the best of the best that year mm-hmm. in a fairly competitive environment. Like think about two. All these guys that played in this game and had to win a car. Some of these guys were making like 60 grand, 70 grand. You give them a car. It was a big deal yeah. back then. Yeah. 
And here we are in 2024, and these guys are making tens of millions of dollars, and now they, they it's not a car, it's a million dollars. Every sport, in fairness, is having trouble motivating their players to try. Like yeah. the Pro Bowl, yeah. travesty. Yeah. NBA All-Star Game is the worst they, one to they watch. Don't even do, they, ended, don't even do right? the, they don't even do the Pro Bowl anymore. It's like a flag football game. Yeah, and... NBA All-Star Game, 190 to 180 yeah, with a new a, scoring system. The last uh, 10 minutes of an NBA All-Star Game are always excellent. We'll turn it up. Turn I it think up. players like to now consider themselves like an All-Star, right? My first All-Star. Like, they want to still sell it that way, but they really should drop All-Star. Like that, that's dead and buried. It really should be the Some NHL's start. showcase yeah. weekend. Player showcase. You want to throw in a Jason Dickinson on the weekend? Well, you're showcasing here. Okay. What's he thinking going? It's not. <laughs> you don't want to change it to the, the NHL Some Star the, the, game? The, 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 the true sense of All Star kind of gets lost when you have to. F- when you have to have every representation. We define it now, I think, an all-star as the voting that happens at the end of the year. Did you make an all-star yeah. team? You know, Mitch Marner's the best right winger in the NHL. Whether there's an all-star game that year or that's not. That's an all-star. That's an all-star. You know, like, that's how you... All-star selection. Correct. Like, so this is now, yeah. The, but that, they do that this, in the NBA. The all-NBA the all team at the end of the year, it's like... One all NBA one all NBA yeah. two all NBA three like but the three things. and we get, barely talk about it in hockey. Yeah, it's a big, it it's a bigger deal. This gets lumped in with that. I know, and it shouldn't. And, I know, and it doesn't doesn't feel quite right. And yeah. again, no, no disrespect to, to you know Boone Jenner and Jason Dickinson, who are good hockey players, but that's just not you're not one of the thirty best in the league. And I thought that's what we were trying to do here. That's yeah. all. Okay, we uh, teed up before the break, uh, Elvis. Elvis. In Columbus, who's making a ton of noise. Really. He's, he's all, all shook up, isn't he's, he? He's oh. all. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Pretty good. <laughs> Great drop in Monte. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. He's also making a lot of money. Yeah, he gets paid. 5.4. For how long? For many more. Okay. Uh, before we go to this clip, you kind of threw it out there. Would teams be interested in? In Elvis. And I'm curious to know. I, I, at, at that price, I, he's not Soros, as Sammy has mentioned a lot. A million times. But to get Merzlikens is the same kind of commitment to a Soros. It's like, what's the price and who can afford it? Well, Soros is this year and next on the contract. Merzlikens is this year and then three more seasons at 5.4. So I think it's a different level, level uh, of commitment. I'd, I'd roll the dice on this guy. Ooh, yeah, I, I would. Know. So his last four seasons, are he's a 923 in 33 games, a 916, a 907. He had a bad year last year, and he's back to a 906 this year, which is above league average. Mm. You know, he's been good. He's 29. He's 6'3". He makes 5.4. God, that sounds like a pretty, you know, tempting yeah. dice roll if you're a team that is a goalie away from a cup. And he's competitive. Listen to these clips. He's a maniac. He's competitive. You know, I don't... Uh, squirrely? Maybe get, another term oh, for yeah. it. <laughs> I get... He's a handful. Yeah, That's what he, I get. So let's go. Uh, what do you have for us, Sammy? We got the clip there, uh, Derek. Brian, uh, Elvis, there's been a lot of talk in the in the days leading up to this game. How good did it feel to go out there and let your, your play speak for itself? Well, it definitely wasn't an easy game for me. Uh, I didn't play... 
a while. And, you know, I, I, like, like when I was talking back there, I, I said, like, when I'm going to have my chance, I have to... I'm not gonna have time. I have to get right away in uh, in the moment in the game, and uh, and I try doing that. I did not like my third goal in PK, uh, but I take it because again I didn't play a while. I, I'm in the start of the game. I did not feel well. The puck each period was better and better, better. Third period was awesome. Overtime and, and and then penalty shots. I'm really happy about it. Yeah, I mean, as the game rolled out, that's the perfect scenario for you because you were feeling at your best when you needed to be, right? I'm just mad. I'm gonna tell you honestly. I'm mad, and I'm pulling out the monster out of me now. How did it feel in that <laughs> overtime? When not only were you perfect in the overtime, but the shootout you handled brilliant. Sorry. The, the shootout you handled brilliantly. Uh, there, there was no other choices to win. I needed this win. I needed this win, and I got it, and now I'm laughing. <laughs> now you can go celebrate a little bit. A lot. Got it. A lot. Thanks for the time, Elvis. Thank you. Okay, I'm She's laughing. Seen his face in that interview. That guy is a like, animal. I can't speak. I'm losing my voice here, boy. <laughs> did you say, and now I'm laughing? And now I'm laughing. Yeah. I think I just did a French accent, actually. I mean, he's pissed. Those, he doesn't want to be the third string goalie. Those comments would scare me to trade for him. I think goalies are nuts in general. I think Tuka Rask was a completely unhinged individual at times. I think some of these competitive maniacs are like, put him in the net, man. This guy is, and he's been on Columbus. His stats are what they are, and he's on Columbus. Tuka. Bring me the angry, weird goalie. Tuka, the I'm Providence. Mad, and I'm pulling out the monster out of me now. Tuka, the monster. This is a guy that could suck a lot of oxygen out of your room. Or he could infuse it with victories because he's angry and now he's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great clip. That's one of the best sound clips of the year. That's right up there with Brad May. Yeah, yeah. He, listen, this guy means I'd fight my mom. I mean, what is... I think he would fight his mom, Elvis would. Oh, yeah. What is Yarmo going to do? Like, this guy's angry. He doesn't want to be there. They're, they're, uh, so in Columbus, if you don't know the background, is they're developing this Daniel Tarasov. Yes. And they're trying to figure out if Tarasov is a starter or not. So they're giving him games because they don't care if they win or lose. So now they've made their starter, Elvis, watch games. And Elvis mm-hmm. is Did not, not like happy. He, didn't even, he doesn't even want to be the backup. He's I'm a, not a backup. You got that quote? Yeah. yeah. I won't be a backup. So, yeah, I believe be in myself. Handful. You call me arrogant. <laughs> I'm not arrogant. <laughs> I'm just confident. And later on that quote, he says, I'm going to quote uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic here. And he really? says, I am not arrogant. I am confident. Oh, my. He says, I am not number two or three. I won't be it. Elvis. Elvis. So- Okay. I should have said to my, I'm not, I'm not a, um, I won't be a fourth liner. Like, I won't be a fourth liner. <laughs> like, well, okay, you're a fifth a, liner yeah. then. Good luck. You're a sixth liner. liner. <laughs> <laughs> I, but like, you know, looking at this through, of course, blue and white lenses here, you have Joe Wall, right? The nicest kid on earth. Like, you think he's going to be your starter. He makes no money. Like this, if you're trading for this guy, it's a meet, like, so if Edmonton's another example of a team that needs a goalie. Yeah. Stu Skinner, this guy's not going to be the backup. He's the starter. Damn He's right. He's the starter. He is the starter. So it gets a big statement yes. to get that guy on your team. trading for a statement. A statement. Met, have you even considered what it would do for our show? I have not considered that, and it's a great Toronto, idea. It would really go miles <laughs> for us if we had a, you know, a daily clip from that guy. Yeah. 
He's like, now I'm laughing. <laughs> now he's laughing. Okay, we'll see how much he's laughing. What do you think uh, Columbus would want for him based on, on what you think he might be and what the numbers tell us? A handshake. They, they want to get this guy the hell out of you, there. You think? I mean, I, they're Columbus, they're rebuilding. I imagine it would be a first. A, f- a first? Oh, my gosh. That's such a gamble for me. I, I don't know if it would be a first one. Being lower? Well, like a second or a third? What's their leverage? Well, I this guess guy my point is they're trying to unload the so contract. Much money they got for, this Tarasov. And, and he's in the media pissed. It's like, what? I don't know. I think you could get him for... A second rounder? Maybe a third rounder and trade some contracts out. I think there's a chance he's going to be right there by the end of the year. In Columbus. Yep. I mean, it's the almost... It's the most likely thing. It's just a hard contract to move and... I th- so maybe that makes it a third round or a fourth round. Yeah. I don't know if the contract's that bad. It's five point four. What do you think a starting what, what, goalie tell, costs? Tell, like, you, you, do you see Edmonton trading for this guy? Because I don't. No. Do you see Toronto trading for this guy? No. Because I don't. Do you see LA, LA yeah. trading for him? I could for sure. Well, just having seen them go Corpusalo and yeah. then Talbot, you know they're searching. How's Ottawa do doing with Corpusalo yeah. right now? They want another inconsistent, bueno. <laughs> another inconsistent <laughs> Columbus goalie in there. Yeah. All right. Um, also making news in Tampa Bay, Julian Brisebois, who wanted to make it clear that Stamkos will not be traded at the deadline. You surprised by this? I'm not surprised he said it. Yeah, I don't think he. You need to believe him. Oh, I thought we had a clip. No, there's no, no, there's no, no, clip. no clip. Oh, okay. There's no audio. He did it at a writers only meeting. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know, Stephen Stamkos spoke out before the season that he was not happy that he had not been offered an extension. I think they need to keep him happy. And I think they consider themselves still Tampa Bay, right? Like they want to be competitive this year and anyone can win. I I was surprised that he would, he would tip his hand right now on this, but But doesn't it just like drive up the price? For me, it's the right thing to do because he's Steven Stamkos and he's a legend in in your organization, and he will stand as the greatest Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. But my question is, where does it lead then going into the summer to sign him? Is this a way of setting up an offer that he can and will refuse and make it look like it's his We're decision? Loyal to him. He didn't want our deal. We couldn't go any higher than this. Are you setting him up to walk away from a deal that he won't like, or are you going to get a deal done in the summer? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it would be really hard to commit long-term to Stamkos, who is not presumably going to get better over the coming years and has had some injury issues here and there. I don't know. I I, I get Tampa's hesitation. You don't want to look like the bad guys, and you know this guy has been integral to the franchise, and... Won cups and been a great ambassador and all that. By the way, 41 points in 41 games so far this year for Stamkos. A minus 20. What? Yeah. Minus 20. Okay, how about everybody else? That's a lot. They're all minuses. Yeah. I know. It's great. That's a big number. Which suggests that there is a better chance than they've had in a very long time of missing the playoffs. They're one point behind the Leafs. So do you think we're in the era... Where people are so, not I don't want to say progressive, but people analyze things so closely where they would understand trading Stamkos. As a Lightning fan, if you say, we don't think playoffs are a sure thing, we're going to recoup some assets for this guy rather than lose them. Uh, 
Well, if we heard Stamkos making noise at training camp, I would imagine he'd probably make a little bit noise about leaving. And I don't think that would be healthy for your organization. Uh, I, I would imagine it's a sensitive organization that has had championships now and watching a goat leave wouldn't sit well with them. So I think it's a good organizational move to, to wipe out all that noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, does that mean now you're setting him up for a retirement contract? I remember, I forget what book I read this in, but like Tampa Bay is one of the few really progressive analytics organizations. Like they have been ruthless in the past with some of their decision making. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm curious, really curious to see what happens with Stan Ghost and the Lightning. It's a different kind of fan base there, right? Like it's not, you know, here, here, there. It's like you traded who? Yeah. Like, they're not, they're not like pouring like, over his advanced they, they, they stats. They only and have. 20,000 fans yeah. that happened to go They'll to the go, game. Yeah. All the, yeah, right? And they're like, you traded, who'd yeah. you trade? Yeah. You trade the captain? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Kyle Connor returns tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. Like, they need help. Yeah. Lord. When 10 in a row, were they one in a row? A lot. They did really well. Eight or nine. Oh, we yeah. talked about the schedule a little bit before the game. A few tomato cans. A couple tomato cans. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Enjoy your game tonight. We're right back here tomorrow on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Our thanks once again to Rob Brown.